0: This is the Oanda Podcast.
1: This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda Senior Market Analysts across the world. And today, I'm delighted to say we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed.
0: Hi, Johnny. Always a pleasure.
1: Let's start with the latest from where you are, the United States. And the data that we saw yesterday from the services sector was... A little disappointing, to say the least.
0: Private sector activity plunged uh, again, uh, and and this time, uh, I, I think uh, it really rattled markets. Uh, everyone knows the economy is slowing down, but uh, you know this round of data suggests uh, the economy is uh, possibly weakening at a much faster pace. Um, I think what was surprising is in, you know we, we saw service sector. Uh, demand really um, is struggling in in the in the face of inflation and tighter financial conditions. Uh, so, so I, I think this is complicating what the Fed is 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 trying to achieve. Uh, you know, the, the Fed is is completely uh, focused on fighting inflation, and they know that you know one of the repercussions of you know all these. Rate hikes and removal of stimulus is, is that the economy is 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 most likely to, to head into a recession, um, and it, it seemed that the economy was showing so much resilience that you know the consensus was that a recession was likely to happen end of next year. Um, now I think if we continue to see the data uh, continue to uh, plunge like this, uh, you know those calls will will definitely be moved forward. So I think you're seeing uh, those flash PMI readings really um, you know, drawing a lot of concern uh, and then um, this morning we, we also had the uh, durable goods data uh, and capital goods um, readings and I think there was softness there too so uh, it, it's just it just seems that um, a lot of companies they're, they're they're not doing as well as, as uh, we thought I think uh, there's weaker capex plans. In all these business surveys, and and that is bad for you know GDP readings down the road. So I think you're you're going to see potentially more uh, declines in defense and aircraft, which is a big part of durable goods statistics. And and I think that you're you're going to probably uh, see that inflation is continuing to be a, a very annoying problem here. And I think right now what you're probably going to see is that uh, uh, one of the biggest problems for companies. Remains the labor shortage, and this is one of the things that you're going to see that is troubling. Um, I, I think that uh, it it's not just um, you know these um, hospitality jobs that during the summertime that were you know which we focused on heavily over the last couple months, but I think you're, you're you're seeing there's strong shortages for police officers, firemen, people working rigs. Um, uh, you're you're. You're you're you can't escape this labor uh, market shortage right now, and, and I think that is complicating uh, the inflation outlook. So so I think the the, the risks for Jackson Hole um, are that you're going to get you know hawkish pushback from the Fed, and and I think that you know Fed Chair Powell uh, he's not willing uh, he most likely he won't be willing to signal you know what it will take. For them to consider rate cuts i think he's going to try to cement the idea that the fed is going to raise rates they're going to keep them elevated for as long as they can and that obviously they are aware that they might send the economy to recession but uh, they need to otherwise inflation could get really ugly so so i think everyone is looking into jackson hole as potentially an opportunity for the fed to to signal that they could be considering a slower pace of tightening but um, I, i think it's still too early and i think uh, when you take a look at some of these surveys a lot of people believe inflation has peaked the minority around nine percent are thinking that inflation might um speed up from here uh, but 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 i think what's the important uh, risk that right now that remains on the table is that um there's there's a good chance that we could see inflation stabilize here but that it's gonna only go back up during the winter And if that happens, that is likely to lead the Fed to much more aggressive rate hikes, which this market is not really counting on. So I think that your Fed funds futures are signaling we're going to have most likely it's leaning towards a half-point rate increase, but I think that still, if if inflation comes in hot right before the September FOMC meeting, that might solidify the 75-basis-point rate increase again. Um, And then we're going to probably see uh, a much slower pace for November, December. But I think there is a growing risk that... We could see the fed even tighten again in february which would be the first meeting for next year
1: and on this side of the atlantic ed we're even talking about an inflation rate i've seen suggestions from some analysts 20 percent not the 13 percent as predicted by the bank of england so rather than as you've just suggested inflation being fairly steady at least for the time being we're talking about figures that we haven't seen since the 70s and it's a worrying perfect storm you mentioned labor shortages well of course with labor shortages come higher salaries and uh, higher wages which will not stem inflation
0: spot on agree with everything you just said
1: and looking at markets across the world uh, they're down today uh, but not by that much
0: very much. So it's been a quiet session for the EU, and I think you're seeing a lot of this is is as markets remain in wait and see mode for uh, the Jackson Hole Symposium. I, I think we we've had a an interesting ride with the U.S. dollar. I think it's uh, still holding steady just below recent cycle peaks, but I, I think that, you know the you know the outlook for. For you know, global growth has has really uh, changed. I think that you know, it, it seems the consensus call is Europe is on its way to a recession. China is trying to uh, deliver more stimulus to support uh, their their economy, and and, and there's expectations you 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 know might get another triple R cut. So I think um, you're you're going to see accommodation from China. You're going to see. Uh, the ECB is now, despite all this weakness, there. There, there's Still, markets are pricing in a full point of rate increases by the ECB, and uh, I, I think that it's all about inflation right now. And I think uh, it's it's pretty apparent that inflation is going to be hitting Europe the hardest. And uh, um, right now, there's probably expectations that uh, that interest rate differential is widely going to remain in the dollar's favor, and uh, there's there's not much around that trade. I, I think you're, you know, we've we we saw euro dollar you know break below parity and uh i think you know the 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 markets are anxious to see you know exactly how much how much stronger can the dollar get and it it seems that uh could appreciate a little bit more
1: let's talk about oil now uh ed which is fairly stable at the moment last time i looked brent crude was around a hundred dollars a barrel wti at around 94 what is actually happening in the oil market at the moment
0: there's a lot going on. I think you have uh, on one side of the equation uh, focusing on the the, the supply side. Uh, everyone is paying close attention to Iran nuclear deal talks. Uh, been talking with other um, oil strategists, and you know there, there's a, a, a Vienna meeting uh being put on the schedule and uh there's there's speculation does that mean that the deal is essentially done uh you you know this is this would be welcome news for the world if we could start to see more barrels of crude um come from iran i I think that you're you're probably going to see that uh we've been there before and uh i think that the likelihood that a deal will get done in the next week or two yes it's growing but i think there's still a lot of skepticism that it'll you know, finally get pushed through. And the problem is that even if it does, what will happen in two years time uh, when we could have a Republican um, at the White House? Um, and and if, if, if they're similar to President Trump's stance, um, you know, they, they might be uh, not happy to uh, keep this potential deal uh, in place. So I, I think uh, Iran is, is, is in a very difficult situation right now, but I think their economy would benefit if they were to bring a deal into place here. So I think uh, that's one one key story that a lot of traders are focused on. Um, I think the other, you know, important thing is there's not a lot of spare capacity in this market. And, and I think you know every week we look at you know the the weekly statistics for oil. Um, API last night you know showed uh, stockpiles fell by 5.6 million barrels. We were seeing few significant builds in prior weeks, and now it looks like there is Uh, a lot of momentum here in in, in what's going to Remind traders that there's no spare capacity right now. You know, oil's been you know heading lower mainly because of global growth concerns and weaker demand outlooks. But I think that where prices are, you would expect shale production to be taking off. It's not. We still have ESG constraints in place. They're not going away anytime soon. And uh, what's really um, driving the move, um, especially for WTI, is that we see we're seeing strong demand for refined product exports. So that means the U.S. Is really um, um, becoming a, a beneficiary with the war in Ukraine, and they're they're now exporting a lot more uh, crude than um, they ever have. So I think that uh, this is this is going to. I mean, petroleum exports in July were at the highest level since 1947. So we're we're seeing major major um, demand here for U.S. crude. So I think that you know is going to keep this market tight. So I think oil oil is in a position where um, it could be choppy, but I think that the risks are we're going to see potential disruptions uh, over the winter period, and I think that uh, uh, this is this is really going to you know keep oil oil prices uh, probably north of a hundred dollars a barrel, and and that's you know good news for energy companies because they've they've refrained from investing in new production, new uh, capex is is really non-existent, and I think that. We'll keep this market tight for quite some time.
1: Finally, Ed, uh, we often talk about uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Of course, it's um, had uh, some big falls in recent days. It's hovering Bitcoin, that is, around about the $21,000 mark at the moment. What do you think is it? What do you think? Where do you think it's going to go next? The
0: correlation with Bitcoin and equities completely remains intact. However, what is interesting is that we've started to see over the past year or so, Bitcoin would have a much more exaggerated move than what we would see in equities. Um, So if if stocks were down 2%, you would see Bitcoin down roughly 5% or more. Um, What's happening is that we're seeing weakness in equities, but it's not necessarily uh, sending crypto much significantly lower, like it, it has been in, in the past. So, so I think what you, there, there's there's kind of a floor being made here. The um, market will completely be focused on what happens at Jackson Hole, and if if uh, if we get a green light for risky assets, risky assets, you're going to see Bitcoin is probably going to break out above its twenty-five thousand dollar you know hurdle that that's been. Um, rather difficult for it, and, and I think that you know the, the, there's a growing chance that the crypto winter um, could be over. Um, but however, if if we if we get Fed Chair Powell, if if he does it, if he does the right thing and signals that uh, the Fed is going to remain aggressive with uh, fighting inflation and that um, you know massive rate hikes are still very much on the table, and that if, and if if he provides some type of guidance on why rates will remain elevated throughout next year, and uh, remove the the market's thinking that cuts could could happen you know, towards the latter part, um, then I think you, you'll you'll see that uh, equities will will then stumble pretty pretty significantly. I'm not saying we're going to retest the, the the summer lows, but I think that you'll you could see that be a, a turning point, and and that could. Um, lead to bitcoin you know falling you know another 10 or 20 percent uh and possibly retesting its uh, summer lows but but i think that you know there there's a there's a a lot of momentum growing in the institutional space for crypto i think that you're seeing more money is is uh um, committing to um a a wide range of crypto stocks and i think that you're also going to see that um if Crypto is is starting to become, um, you know, a little bit more constructive here and i think there's a lot of momentum with the ethereum merge that is um, expected to happen uh next month I, you know y- you really could start to see a lot of things go right for um uh, bitcoin ethereum and, and 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 a lot of the other top altcoins so so i think this is a, a major moment here where you know we've been consolidating for quite some time uh, but you know we haven't been making lower lows and that's very you know, good news for long term bulls. And I, I think that this is a market that you're going to see is, um, you know, going to you know, still take its cue from what happens on Wall Street. We're getting to a time where Bitcoin will start to trade on its own fundamentals. And, and I think right now the, the, the market is is um, going to welcome that with um, open arms. The interest from retail traders has has been somewhat depressed over the past um, uh, several weeks. But I think that um, if. You start to see um, prices um, um, trade above, you know, this this recent trading range. Uh, the momentum trade is waiting. I think you saw a lot of retail traders kind of go back to the meme stock trade. Um, I think crypto still remains a key holding for for many, um, and uh, there there is still a, a I think a, a overall view that um, there is still explosive growth potential here uh, and uh, as, as long as that remains and I, I think what we're starting to see is uh, there, there are more governments they're trying to figure out how to um, get involved with crypto I think that you're going to see that in the end I think the private sector um, is uh, you now focused on figuring out how uh, to uh, make Crypto much more efficient. How blockchain will re- revitalize, you know, the, the way uh, the world operates. I think there's there's still tremendous upside here. Uh, it's just that you, we're seeing a lot of uh, big red flags, and as you're staring at a you know global recessionary fears, uh, you know that's a difficult environment for risky assets. But I think there's there will be a time when you, you'll start to see that you know Bitcoin will not necessarily be just a straight up risky asset play um, or leverage trade of that. So so I think, you know, a lot of crypto people are getting excited again. And I think that in the next month or two or after the September FOMC meeting, uh, Bitcoin is above uh, 25000 then um, you, you could see uh, a lot more momentum. And, and and I think that's what a lot of traders are waiting for.
1: And finally, Ed, you've mentioned Jackson Hole a couple of times. Of course, that takes place on Friday. It feels one of the most significant events uh in jackson Hole's history am i right
0: it's an important one i think i think um you know this it's not going to be like mario draghi's we'll do whatever it takes speech or <laughs> um I, I i think what we'll see is you know he you know if fed chair pal does what he wants to do he's he's going to um just you know keep on delivering that message that you know uh, you know their policy path is is uh, focused on fighting inflation, um, and uh, I think that um, he'll kind of push back on some of the dovish spin that um, some traders initially thought from that post meeting press conference in uh, in July. But I, I think you know you're you're, you're going to see that because they've gotten rid of forward guidance. I think this is going to be a market where. If Fed Chair Powell is starting to become more concerned about the economy, and uh, if if the market is starting to initially price in a slower pace of rate hikes, and if if it becomes, you know, pretty apparent with Fed Fund future, futures that they're only going to raise rates by a half a point, um, you know, I think there, there there will be a moment in the next week or two where, you know, fixed income will say Fed Chair Powell is having. Uh, another policy mistake and you'll see yields surge because they're betting that the Fed is getting inflation wrong. So, so I think that uh, it's going to be an important meeting. Um, The risk that we get another policy mistake is there um, by the Fed chair, but I think he, he really, it, this should not be um, a difficult one. I think that he just needs to maintain his hawkish stance Uh, and, uh, you know, everyone knows they're data dependent. Um, but I think he needs to you know, nail the point home that um, they're not considering uh, rate cuts anytime soon I think that um, the he he needs to be able to to make the, the curve um, anticipate that and uh, I think that you're that that's where he's going to struggle but um, I think overall you know we're, we'll, we'll see enhanced volatility and I think that uh, um, If he does stick to the hawkish script and the markets do believe him, if he's convincing, we could see um, a much more stronger U.S. dollar. And that would be troubling for a lot of European currencies.
1: Okay, thanks very much for joining us today. Really interesting stuff. We'll speak to you again soon.
0: This is the Oanda podcast.